Good morning, fellow Gooners, and welcome to another episode of Canon Talk. I'm your host, Mona, and my co-host, as usual, Aiden. How's it, guys? St. James's Park, a place of mixed emotions normally. Dennis Burkham's amazing goal and that horrific 4-4 draw. But first game of the season, first win, first away clean sheet, and a clean sheet for Arsenal and an away win. Uh, what a game, guys. You know, Arsenal went into the game with, you know, none of the new boys in the starting eleven since... Una Emery said, you know, you wanted the tried and tested to start off the season. Um, although, when you looked at the bench with all the new names now there, or the majority of the new names there, it really looked like a star-studded squad from the first 11 to the bench. Because, I mean, it actually looked scary when I, when I saw the bench even. I have to agree with you with that. Um, I, I don't want to you know, go back to the Wenger era, but it, it goes back to how Arsenal actually had a strong bench that could come off and players could come and change games. And then when you look at the bench, that's what you saw. And uh, I'm looking forward to this season. And, you know, like with the, with regards to also, you know, speaking of our, our opponents on the day in Newcastle, for them also it was a new situation, new manager. Still, you know, a strife between um, the fan base and the uh, owner, you know, with, with the, 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 the firing of uh, Rafa Benitez. But, I mean, you can almost like they also slow down to feel their way in, you know, with a new management and that. And also... You could also hear that all St. James's Park was really upbeat, you know, for the opening game of the season. You know, the sound was fantastic, you know, the atmosphere buzzing for the for the first game of the season there. And I mean the only thing that was a bit dodgy on the day was the weather. Oh yes, it was it was pouring quite a bit, making the conditions quite tough on to play on, but it made the victory even sweeter, the fact that, you know, we held our own in these conditions and having two teenagers in our lineup as well. Yeah, and I mean, like when you look at, at the Newcastle squad, um, you know, Almiron is actually the, you know, the key player at the moment, along with even um, John Joe Shelby. And I mean, they re- uh, for the first, I think, 15, 20 minutes, they really took the game to Arsenal because, you know, the first big chance uh, came in the 17th minute when uh, Joe, Joel Linton, you know, darting in ahead of Callum Chambers and just darting ahead of White. So, you know, almost like alarm bells were ringing quite early on for us. And then, because it was almost like a five-minute spell where they were just, you know, swarming us. Uh, uh, like, with conditions being so dodgy at the, at the start, you know, I, I didn't... it was like extra, extra careful, you know, with, with the way the ball was skidding about on the pitch. And then I think 18th minute, Almiron then got booked for diving. You know, he was trying to kind of milk a penalty out. But I mean, I think Xhaka was quick to read the situation and just pulled his foot, leg out of the way. So Almiron just dived into thin air and, you know, rightly got booked by the ref that was standing a few feet from him. Uh, 20th minute, John Joe Shelvin needs a volley that's deflected onto the post with, you know, Leno was, I mean, beaten, but I mean, it was a fantastic shot. And I mean, just, you know, just uh, surviving by the lick of pain. But then I think that kind of, it was like, you know, the kick up the backside that we needed because after that, Arsenal started now, you know, starting to get more forceful, the, you know, playing a more position game to, you know, let uh, Newcastle try, you know, trying to close down and then also just started knocking the ball about almost like a training session. I think shortly after that, like you mentioned, it did wake us up. We had, the, I think, the golden opportunity of the half with Mkhitaryan getting on the end of a Nacho Monreal cut back and he blasted it over and I felt that it kind of summed up Mkhitaryan's game, like what was to come afterwards because he just didn't seem on the pace as the other guys. You were looking around and you saw like the likes of Willock, Nelson, Gwendozi. Well, actually, 
showing more than Mkhitaryan. And it was like, to me, I'm like, I think this guy needed to come off at halftime. I thought they were going to take him off. Um, uh, wait, let me just get, uh, jump in. Because, I mean, like, for me, what was, well, you know, the point of concern for me was, um, you know, Xhaka was being caught quite a few times on the ball. Like, yes, yes. yes. Even though he's skipper, his lack of awareness is, at times it, it does get scary or worrying. If look, okay, we play Newcastle, but I mean, if you come up against even a uh, you know way higher ranked side and you're gonna try, you're not gonna get away with it, and you're gonna be somehow punished with it. Because it's like every time he gets, because I mean, I don't know how many times I counted where Quintoze had to kind of clean up for him, and 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 um, even Wolock was doing a hell of a lot of work trying to, you know, it was like right or wrongs that that Chaka was now doing in midfield because. The amount of like his concentration levels, I find. I mean, he's a full international and a, a seasoned pro, and I mean to to lose your concentration like that in games, and still nothing has changed from you know what you saw last season when he was always caught in position. So he was putting us under pressure, needless pressure. He was passing the ball straight to Newcastle. I can't remember how many times. And like you mentioned, like with Willock, Kondoji, and Shaka, you would have thought he was the one that would have you know led led the guys. But it looked like yeah. Kondoji and Willock were. If they didn't have Xhaka there, they would have done a bit better if they had to slot somebody else in the midfield with them because they took leadership and Quindosi actually passed the game as well. He, he just held on the ball a bit too long at times, got caught under Quindosi. But other than that, he was all over the field. And I think with having such young, energetic midfielders, it allows our fullbacks to push a bit forward because, you know, I saw multiple times Quindosi was either going to the left or to the right to almost cover as the right back while our fullback was pushing forward. Yeah, and then in the 27th minute, uh, Joe, Joe Linton uh, carved out a great chance. I think he scuffed shot just, you know, met easily by uh, Leno. And then 32nd minute, the game switched to the other side where Dubravka pulled off a fantastic save to deny Aubameyang, who, you know, it was a perfect place shot, but I mean, keeper pulled off a fantastic save to f- push the ball away for a corner. Also, we're now, of course, starting to force the authority on the game. As Newcastle seemed to just play, like, you know, the more the, the first half then wore on, they just started sitting deeper and deeper, trying to play, you know, like a counter-attacking game. But every time they were making clearances, it was just reaching the halfway line and Arsenal could start to build up again. So, you know, going into halftime, things were starting to look kind of positive as we were now going to the second half. So, second half kicked off. Newcastle were then forced into a quite an early change, I think 54th minute or something like that, or 50th minute, where uh, Shelby, who took a knock in the first half, had to then come off. And then on came uh, Jethro Williams, who um, a new acquisition that Frank uh, that came from Eintracht Frankfurt. So that was quite also like a big move for him from Frankfurt to Newcastle. So that guy came in. And I think for me, it, it was also a key moment in the game, though, that substitution, because the Newcastle new boy, uh, seemed a few steps behind the team because everything he was doing was, was almost like a few steps behind and I think that also when it led to the goal in the 54th minute was when he was you know like waiting for the ball to come to him even though it was like an expensive pass from I think I don't know it was Dummett or so where the ball got sprayed across the pitch and I mean you could see Maitland Niles was already up and you know up and running and was reading the situation that the ball was going to fall short and I mean, the minute he intercepted that that long range pass and started uh, gunning it down the flank, you knew Arsenal were ready for a chance because the whole um, Newcastle team were already flat footed because they were so staggered along the back line. The ball gets crossed in, Aubameyang collects first time, uh, you know, fantastic ball control, and then just stabs the ball past the advancing keeper, 1 0 Arsenal. 
Also Sublime Touch and Sublime Finish, you know, Bobbying from last season, maybe he could have scuffed that a bit, but it just showed that the, the preseason he was already on top of things. And I do feel that, you know, having such a confidence boost in his preseason made this even better for him now to build on that momentum. So one will Arsenal, and you could see the passion, even at Sebayoski's alone signing, he was on there with a group of people when they were celebrating. It just showed this, I think, this Arsenal team seemed like they're growing together to be more like a family, actually, than just a, you know, a squad. You know what I also want to add, Aiden? Um, one thing that what also really stood out in this game, you know, look, we had big uh, score lines going into the Friday game, which was the, when Liverpool played Norwich, the Man City game when they played away to uh, West Ham. So, you know, everybody was thinking, you know, a goal glut at, at St. James's. But I just think the way the whole game was going to pan out and you take the weather conditions into consideration, it was always going to be, uh, you know, it's going to take a goal like that to decide. Because, honestly, I mean, look, at, at, at one point, first half, it was going to go into in uh, or more Newcastle, sorry. And then second half, you know, Arsenal were just swarming them. But you could see, as you said, with that, you know, with the whole classy, classiness of the goal, the finish, uh, the first touch and the finish, it's almost like I needed something like that to decide this sort of game. Aiden. Yeah, sorry, uh, uh, just a bit of a cut out there, but it was a moment of of brilliance that that sparked Arsenal to you know take the game to the next level. And what I also wanted to mention was my nerves were a bit shot after the goal because the commentator made mention that Arsenal kept three clean sheets in the last three calendar years away from home. So they've been struggling away from home with clean sheets. And so I thought, you know, is there still more to come from Newcastle in this game? I mean, like for me, you know, Willock ran his socks off for about 64 minutes and then he got subbed for uh, Sebayos. You know, who at first also kind of did not impress me because I think the first few times, his first few touches... He ended up backing the ball straight to Newcastle players or trying, you know, fancy little tricks which got quickly intercepted. But I think he somehow, you know, got more calmer and that, and then he started looking more composed on the ball. I don't know what your take was of his performance like, in the beginning. There. I thought he controlled the game very nicely. It's almost like the Willock gave a lot of energy in the game, you know, making the game quite fast-paced, getting Arsenal to, you know, push on forward, driving the team forward. But when Sebeos came in, it was almost like... Emery brought him on just to like control the game, steady the game, and almost kind of you know play Newcastle out of the game eventually with not even with just keeping the ball. So he reminded me a bit of like a a Cesc guy, and you can see that that he comes from the um, uh, has a Spanish background to him with playing for Betis and Real Madrid, and also the under twenty three or the under twenty three or under twenty one national side. But you know what? One thing also to say with with you know, uh, look, we made other changes where you know Pepe came on to make his uh, Premier League debut as well as Martinelli, Martinelli then coming on for Mkhitaryan later on in the game. But uh, what I just want to also add is you could actually see also the maturity of Arsenal because yes. I, I think you you messaged me sometime later in the evening where you said you did not expect him to play. You know, where they sometimes go to the corner flag and yes. then, you know play the just holding the ball in that that side of the pitch because. It's not like we put all attacking side of our game out of the window, and it was everybody was going to go into you know close up shop mode. And with that three or four minutes to go, plus the injury time, 
we knew to just to keep the ball in that area. And, and as you said, that showed serious maturity from the team as a whole. Yeah, we would have seen Arsenal before trying to score that second goal and then leaving themselves exposed. They did not do that. And, you know, as much as I wanted, you know, as a fan, you always want to see your team that's, score that's... that second goal or that third goal or whatever. But then you look at this team and you're like, wow, Arsenal actually, you know, grinding a game out and killing it. They just nullified the game like you would normally see happen to Arsenal when a team is holding on for that 1-0 result. So I was proud of it. And, you know, maybe this is what we needed away from home, actually. Not to win 4-5-0, but a 1-0 win. So, you know, uh, we now move on to our attention to the game against Burnley this afternoon, like in a couple of hours' time, actually. Uh, you know, it brings on another test to Arsenal because Burnley is now coming off a 3-0 win against Southampton, opening day of the season. You know, their tails will be up. But, I mean, that being said, Arsenal, you know, probably going to want them to be, uh, you know, adventurous. You know, not having not... Because, look, you know, Sean Dyche's team, he always puts, you know, he sets out his team to do, you know, the double banks of four so you know, when they have to defend. Yeah. And just getting bodies behind the ball, keeping everything compact and trying to frustrate the opposition. So, I think Arsenal will probably going to have to come probably full power, you know, full attack power. And then, you know, it's going to be a battle of wits between... Uh, Una Emery and uh, Sean Dyche. Yeah, he always makes his CSI very difficult to beat. And it's, it's a team that you don't really want to go one all down to because they will then just shut up shop. They, they, they're a very physical team, very tough. So for the new guys, if Pepe gets a start today, he might you know find it a bit difficult because Burnley will, trust me, kick him off the ball or tie overpowering off the ball. Um, just a, a guy that I would like, or two guys actually Arsenal should watch out for, is the Chris, Chris Wood. He's a very uh, typical number nine, you know, dynamic, strong, old-fashioned centre-forward, will hold the ball up. And then, you know, Ashley Barnes scoring twice last week. He always gives Arsenal a tough time, whether it is kicking the Arsenal players and aggravating the Arsenal fans. But I do think that our record against Burnley will come out through. I think we've won nine of the last ten or something like that. Yeah, so, I mean, like, for me, uh, I, th- I think I uh, think their new signings are also going to be key players to the whole thing today, if they should now, you know, play. Because I know uh, Jay Rodriguez that came from West Brom, he was not 100% fit yet. And, look, Danny Drinkwater has come in on loan from Chelsea. So, I think he also wants, you know, has something ready to prove. Because, I mean, since he's moved from Leicester to Chelsea, that now, you know, didn't really pan out the way he probably wanted. Since he was now more, just uh, not even a squad player. He was just used, like, you know, went sparingly in a way. Um, so, now he's got a lot to prove. So, I think he will probably be, you know, up for it for today. Scrap if he does play. And then another one I also want to mention is Eric Peters, that left back from Stoke City that now, you know, back in the, in the Premier League. So, you know, he's also quite a tough left back. He's not really the quickest. And I mean, look, I think he will probably come up against Pepe. But I mean, he's again, you know, tough as nails, you know, that Stoke City type of defender. Yeah, it's a perfect um, signing for Dyke, for who likes playing a defensive game, coming from Stoke City, where it's all about defence for them. But I wonder what's going to happen with Callum Chambers today with the Arsenal 11. Because Callum Chambers, for me, had quite a solid performance mm. last week. But now, do you bring in a David Luiz now to start forming a partnership with Socrates? Look, or do you actually give Callum Chambers another go? Look, on the one hand, yes, I person want to say, you know, stick to Callum Chambers. But I'm just thinking of, look, what we not just said now leading up to this with a game about, 
the way Sean Dyche is going to set up his team. So it's going to be a very compact um, team or setup. And I, I don't think you're going to, in the in the beginning. I don't think you're going to need too much of that that uh, you know killer pass. And that I think you're going to need somebody that like David Luiz that can hit one of that forty or fifty yard passes, just to have that you know that centre backs of of uh, Burnley. You know, stand a bit on the heels to think, okay, look, we can't get too adventurous. We can't, you know, play almost like too solid, solid of a line because once a route one ball goes over, Arsenal have three of the probably quickest forwards at the moment now. So, you know, I don't think they're going to want to risk that type of thing. So, you know, that also alters our game in a different direction depending how Emery wants to set us out. Because, I mean, yes, yes, Callum Chambers fine, but I mean, that's if you want to play more of a, you know, keeping the ball on the pitch. But, I mean, if you want to play a total different brand of football, then, I mean, I think David Luiz is your man. I never thought of that, actually. No, well, well good, very good point. That I never thought that David Luiz actually would add a different element to our game. Like, so Burnley, and kind of also other teams, you know, will play a high-pressing game. If you get that ball to Luiz, you can knock it over the top. And like you said, um, Pepe and like I said, um, Pepe and Aubameyang do have jet deals. They don't need a invitation to you know run at the defense. So it kind of keeps it, it keeps the fullbacks also with the, Aubameyang and Pepe being so pacey, also you know on on guard that they can't also just push forward as well. So just just look also at at, at certain footage of of David Luiz last season. How many times didn't he just hit the ball? Long and then people like Pedro or, or Hazard, but I mean more more uh, than more often well it was Pedro. It actually was on the end of most of that long range passes, and then normally it led to goals or where Pedro would score or Pedro would just uh, you know roll the ball across goal for an easy tap in for one of the forwards of Chelsea. And an interesting would be as well our midfield combination. You know what three we're going to be going with in the middle of the park? Does Willock keep his spot? Does Uzel come in? Does Xhaka go out? Does Torreira or Guendouzi come in? It's it's going to be a difficult fight for that three places, and that's what we need. I think for for today's game, you can actually have that luxury of a you know a you know more skillful player. Like say, if you throw Uzel in, because you know look, it's going to be our own game. The ball's going to probably be majority for the own own side. But I mean, that being said, we need, we can actually, you know, do that because I would actually have something like we have somebody like the Willocks or, or um, even Sebayos, you know, for the real tough away days. Because I mean, for me, they almost like thrived in that conditions where you know you got the away crowd, the home crowd, sorry, on your back, and I mean, you almost like the chips against you. And I mean, Willock and and even Sebayos came through with flying colours in the, on in those situations. I think for the, the nice thing of having those those British. Uh, core players that actually are tough and can scrap in games. I think Arsenal had that type of British guys in the in the British core, besides maybe Ramsey and the Wilshire. But like this Willock kind of gives that to them, you know, away from home. He understands the conditions. He knows the cold of England and all of those things. So he likes he likes that, like you mentioned. So but for me I would maybe go with a a, a Willock. Quindosi and Uzel midfield. It might be a bit too ambitious, too inexperienced, but it's something I might think of doing, you know, putting Burnley also on the back foot. I think that is where, in a way, Una Emery also set himself up. I wouldn't say shot himself with the foot, but look, he's now made Xhaka captain. So it's almost like every decision he's going to now make, you know, is he going to be brave enough if Xhaka don't perform just to pull him out? Because, I mean, most Arsenal managers, if you go down the year, like the years now, they normally, you know, very cautious in, in, in dropping somebody they're not putting in as captain. So, I just think, I mean, that's going to show character because, my, look, 
for me, if Jaka does not improve, if, if you come now the coming games and then, you know, I mean, why keep on playing him? Then, then you might as well then throw in somebody else, have a, you know, a whole different game plan then. But uh, I think the Arsenal fans, including me, but I can imagine how he's at the Emirates. It's probably the first time in a very long time with all the signings and everything. There's going to be a lot of excitement in the ground, I feel, today. I just hope that, you know, the, 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 the fan base can really, you know, fire the players up because... You can see the, the, the players we I have are those that are, you know, want to be entertainers as well as ballers. So, you know, somebody like, say, Sebayos, or you're going to have somebody like Aubameyang or even Pepe, they look like they thrive on that sort of, you know, atmosphere, electric atmosphere in the stadium. And I just hope, you know, the fans can bring it and that, of course, will, you know, drip over into the players on the pitch. I agree. They're more of entertainers as well. You know, the crowd kind of spurs them on, they, they will do more audacious things. But I do feel a 3-0 Arsenal win will be coming our way today. Yeah, I mean, I hope for another, you know, clean sheet. I mean, score-line-wise, score I don't care how many goals we beat them by. But I mean, for me, just to build, even like, you know, with us leading to the, the um, I think, what's it, play Liverpool after this? Or, or, yeah, unfortunately. So, you know, I just want us to build that sort of momentum now going into these games now because I mean I, what most also impressed me I just want to come back with the Burnley game is the, the, the sort of knowledge that, that Una Emery had about Burnley because you know he was kind of you know fired this question in the press conference yesterday or Thursday sorry where he was not asked about you know Burnley and then I don't know maybe the media thought this guy now probably didn't know his homework and I mean he could give certain stats of almost all that Burnley players and uh, you know, season performances of, of Burnley, like, you know, we, uh, like whether they're strong away, whether they're strong at home, stuff like that. So, I mean, he was very well prepared. So, it looks like he did also do his homework going into this game this afternoon. But didn't you also tell me that Una Emre, like, used to keep uh, give you give his players a flash drive of all the errors that they must go watch that they made during the game. So, it seems like he is very um, thorough when he does his homework. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean, it could be one hell of an attacking storm Burnley will have to face today, you know. So, um, as we draw into that, I uh, just want to switch our attention now to, you know, the coming days. Also, so want to do business with regards to players leaving the club. Um, at the moment, it looks probably 80 90% that El Nene will leave because I think his agent has already now been in London over the weekend now. And then, of course, Mustafi, that is still probably. They still trying to think of uh, you know ways in which they you know get him off the books at the moment because I think that, that the salary of his I think is on eighty thousand pounds a week, so that's kind of you know putting certain teams off. So I think also it's probably going to get to a situation like as we come to the end of the European transfer window where um, also we'll probably have to dock up something you know to to you know sweeten the deal as you would always say. I think maybe even getting him out on loan and just letting someone else cover his wages for the time being will be good and then trying to maybe either get him out in January on permanent or in the summer. But we do need to clear up more players so we can bring in more quality. But you know what? what I mean, the last week alone, I've been like you know going through Twitter and stuff like that and some people were saying, yeah, you can't make him the scapegoat. And, and, that. and I mean, look, we, we, we try to give as, you know, non-bias info, you know, about Arsenal and stuff like that. But, I mean, you have to call it as it is. I mean, the sort of, like, the sort of mistakes that he makes, 
I don't know how many times, like, look, you and I have discussed those in depth already in, in various podcasts and that. But I mean, you can't allow something like that to, if you think, uh, you can't put sentiment always at, at your front door if that's going to be the case where you're always going to be pickpocketed and dropped like that. If I give you two incidences, Harry Kane at, at um, Wembley, I know it was offside, but if he didn't make that unnecessary foul and against Crystal Palace as well, that's two points, four points combined that he kind of cost us. And if you put that into the equation of last season, we're playing Champions League football, so you need to make these calls. Yeah, I mean, sentiment is zero at the moment. Because, I mean, yeah, go on. No, 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 it's... it's it's fine. I didn't mean to eat it up. But like, yeah, you can't you can't put sentiment in that anymore. We've done it many years where we kept Walsh on the books as long as possible and these other guys. But at the end of the day, where does that get you? Because I mean, for me, what, what I find in the way also somewhat frustrating is, um, uh, look, now, with that option that Yuna said, that the two year, sorry, uh, a loan deal for Mustafi, this is also with the previous uh, regime. Also, put us in a, in a dire situation because we have with stuff is supposedly for like till 2021 june 2021 so that's gonna either take like a, i mean i don't know who's gonna go for it but you know almost like a bizarre two-year loan deal or tc two-season loan deal or i mean like what i would choose is then you know rather just you know make it a straight sale even if you're gonna look you're gonna take a hit anyway because you're not gonna get anything close to the 35 million we paid for him uh, although Monaco almost did want to pay 30 mil, but I know maybe that's a bit rumours, but I'll take 20 mil and I'll, I'll even chip in with the taxi fare and the moving services to get him wherever he needs to be. Okay, guys, uh, so I'll put a wrap on it now. I hope you guys have a fantastic weekend. I hope the result goes our way in a few hours' time. Come on, you gunners. Let's get that three points. <laughs>